Welcome to the Me The Money Show. I'm Dan Barnes, Editorial Director at Markets Media Europe, and joining me today is Terry Flanagan, Editor of Markets Media. Terry, welcome back to the show. Hey, Dan. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Very good to see you too. Of course, this week we're going to be talking about crypto. Crypto hasn't been doing too well in terms of the investment returns recently, but there has been some interesting developments, particularly around exchange-traded funds and products. Can you tell us a bit about what we've been seeing there? Sure. There was an article came out from our, our editorial staff. ETC Group is listing the first cryptocurrency ETP to yep. be traded on a UK market. And this is while Wisdom Tree has cross-listed crypto ETPs in on Euronext exchanges in Paris and Amsterdam. So, you know, it seems at least in in this aspect of crypto exchange traded products, they they are there is a little uh, bit of progress in Europe that whereas in the US it's still very well known that the US Securities and Exchange Committee has yet to approve a Bitcoin ETF there's a lot of speculation that this will happen at some point as the market moves forward and there are applications there are filings in but uh, you know Gary Gensler the chair of the SEC has said that there are challenges and gaps for investor protection in crypto markets so still very much a developing situation but there are you know some interesting pockets of markets where where this is is moving forward yeah and it's very interesting seeing ETPs and ETFs launch which have an underlying of cryptos whether that's bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies because Firstly, if you're launching an ETP, that means you have to buy the constituents of whichever index or underlying you're tracking. So that means there should be a net acquisition of crypto, which, of course, should technically then drive the price up, depending upon exactly how much assets under management an ETP or ETF has when it launches. But at the same time, you can potentially short an exchange-traded fund or exchange-traded product, meaning that you sell the um, ETF or ETP and buy it back at a lower price before the settlement date. So at that point, you could potentially be driving the price down. So these are generally net positive for activity in the crypto space, not definitely positive in terms of getting some of those gains back, which crypto seems to have lost over the last month or so. Very true. The There is some bearishness in the the, the Bitcoin market for sure. Even, even uh, today, Elon Musk put out some other tweet that cast doubt on the future of it and it's down again so there's been been some pretty extreme volatility and uh, really what is it 30 i think bitcoin is 35,000 approximately right now and if there's people out there that are convinced it's going to go to zero and there's other people that are still saying it's going to go to 100,000 or 500,000 so you know there is and as as we as as you mentioned the trading activity that that's the business we follow the market structure market infrastructure and Really, a lot of, uh, you know, there are examples of, of some people getting involved. And we covered a firm a few weeks back called Crosstower, and this is a financial technology firm. And yeah. the head of that firm, Capo Rathi, it has a lot of experience in traditional exchanges, NYSE, BATS, I, uh, ISE, SIBO. He's building out traditional Wall Street infrastructure to allow institutions to trade crypto. So yep. he really expects this to become regulated and he's going to be a first mover in the space. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. But a lot of the other more established institutions are really taking a wait and see approach. HSBC just said recently they had no plans to launch a cryptocurrency trading desk. You know, Jamie Dimon, the CEO of JP Morgan, has uh, said a number of times that he's not a Bitcoin supporter. We'll see. There are definitely entrepreneurs out there trying to kind of plant the flag and and be have the first mover advantage. But you know, we'll see if if they indeed if that works out for them or they'll be you know left holding the bag. 
Absolutely. And as much as there are billionaires pumping it up, there are billionaires shooting it down, as we found with Mr. Musk. I always think it's interesting in the crypto space because it's largely unregulated, if not unregulated in many countries. One doesn't know the personal holdings that people have when they make comments on the thing. One doesn't know what sort of investments they have. It means that it really is slightly wild west. You know, for investors, that's a real cause for concern. Right. That is very much true. And certainly a lot of the brokers and exchanges, the, the especially the, the larger ones, are, have a, a great reputational concern. And they are, I think, largely waiting for kind of uh, regulatory regulators to sign off first before they get involved in a, in a meaningful way. Yeah. Definitely. Well, something else we've seen regulators do recently in the US, we saw the SEC just close its consultation on internal crossing for fund managers. Now, just to recap, internal crossing allows a fund manager who has one fund, which is buying an asset, one fund, which is selling an asset to do that trade effectively internally, meaning they're not paying fees to brokers, they're not paying fees to exchanges, and that's much more cost effective to the investors. Net net, that's a good thing. But the problem the SEC has historically had is what price do they make that trade at? If you're going out to the market, someone makes a price for you, fine. Then you know that's the market price. If you go out into the market and you can't get a price, that's a challenge. The problem is if you're trading fixed income and you're crossing that internally, it's very difficult to go out into the market to get a price because typically bonds aren't priced on an hour-to-hour or even day-to-day or sometimes even a week-to-week basis. So knowing you've got the best execution for both the buyer and the seller is quite difficult. So a lot of buy-side firms have responded to the consultation the SEC launched on the 11th of March by saying there should be a principles-based approach, allow the fund managers to either use a third-party pricing service or to work out themselves what the best price is for their clients. Obviously, it's in their interest to keep their clients happy, and they say that they are probably best placed to try and work that out using a series of different models. So that's going to be interesting. If it's allowed, it should save billions of dollars, according to Capital Group, who are one of the respondents to the consultation. And certainly Wellington Wellington Management have previously said there are many millions a year it could be saving for clients if they were allowed to cross internally more effectively. So hopefully this is going to be a good resolution for the industry, particularly investors. And we're waiting to see what the SEC's next step is. Right, right. It does sound like a reasonable approach. And certainly the SEC, their, their core mission is to protect the end user investors, you know, Main Street investors who have money in pension plans, they're managed by these big institutional managers. So if these managers can indeed show that they are missing out on on money because of you know this not being allowed, and it, you know, it, it does sound like a reasonable approach for regulators to uh, green light it. Absolutely. Well, sorry, that's been great. Thanks so much for your time today. Thank you, Dan. 